use that shirt that says authority. You know, this little son bitch probably makes 175 a week, which is fine. But he makes this shirt on, and then he's authority. Got all this power. And he wants to just go back to the pit. Well, he fucked up. And he can kiss my dick. And if I get the chance, he's going to. This is the dose you may enter now. And I am Dosalia. Welcome to my domain. <laughs> Go testicles. Yay, go testicles. Uh, I said it a bunch of times just in case you didn't catch on. Uh, <laughs> go testicles. Yeah. All right. So um, this episode is actually uh, dedicated to unit the victims of Unit 731. And in Unit 731, that was a biological research center. I'm sure you might be familiar. Are you familiar with 731? I am. Is that what we're talking about today? Uh, I'm going to start off the episode with it, but obviously we're not going to be able to stay on that topic because that's the point of the. It's going to be weird for the listeners. You start with Unit Seven Thirty One, and we'll end with uh, like doing coke on a airplane or something. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) It's going to go all over the place. That's that's kind of the point. Because like you know what you've got to you you've got to know and accept that there's dark things in the world and learn how you can learn from those and advance the world and continue on despite those horrible things and change those horrible things and accept the little bit that you can't change but at the same time you can't let it keep you down you've got to say this is what it is and I'm just gonna be a goof off and. You know, hang my ass out the window like in, uh, no. <laughs> that, that was a little hint at uh, an old uh, Chaucer poem. Actually, I believe that part is actually from the Canterbury Tales, that one. Hang the ass Where out the window. he sticks his ass out of the window? Yeah. He moons a person? They yep. were mooning people back then? Yep, <laughs> yes, yep. That That's is pretty true. great. It is actually uh, one of my favorite podcasts. Is going to do a bit on. Is going to be on uh, that work of Chaucer's ne- like next month or whatever Ooh. when it comes hey, out next. Right. Yeah, it's uh, called the History of English Podcast. It's awesome. It's my second favorite podcast. Awesome. It's second favorite to yours. I will. I uh, had a message uh, to uh, Nikki. Nicky P about it when he was talking about his love of like words and stuff like that. I'm like, oh my gosh, you might love a podcast that I love about English, but yeah, oh, nice. it's it's awesome. That's cool. Um, Shout out to Nicky P. Yeah, he's awesome. Well. He he actually edited out a bunch of me uh, and my uh, guests not using our aliases in the last episode, and he oh, kept bleeping it out for us. Okay. So because we completely botched that, and there were still a few, okay. but it's like whatever. Because yeah, yeah. we we'll like I mean, drop we'll get, it like every we'll thirty get seconds. Doxed one way or another. Yeah, exactly. Like I will. I mean, I already doxed myself. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> All right. So in Unit Seven Thirty One, uh, it was horrible. Like probably the most humane way to survive, the most humane way to die in Unit Seven Thirty One was probably being put in a centrifuge. Oh God. 
That was literally the most humane way to die there. Because you'd pass out from all the blood rushing to, like, your feet and shit. Uh, That was the most humane way to die. And, they like, they would uh, strap you to uh, stakes and put you right next to a grenade that went off so that you'd die. Oh, my God. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, that's not, that's just the start, man. Uh, This is what you could do. You could just list off the ways people execute people, and I'll just yell. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Exactly. It could be the whole episode. I hate this shit. I hate when people talk about death. Yeah, but I find it so important because you know what they were doing, and the people who worked at Unit 731, even to this day, they're like, well, I have no, I have no comment because it, uh, regards the affairs of the Honorable Shirohishi. Shirohishi is the one who, who created and ran Unit 731. Yeah, that's a weird cultural thing. Yeah, because the culture, and I see it way too much for my liking in American culture, because what it is, is is to obey a subord, uh, is to obey someone above you, is to be subordinate and obey your higher ups. And I, without question, and I'm like, wait, you should literally question anything. If my parents tell me to do something and I don't understand why, I consider it dangerous. That's right. the extent have, I go to. You don't to. know what you're going into. Right? Exactly. You need to understand, like, that's the reason why I didn't go into the military. I wasn't, like, a libertarian. I was just a Republican. And that's one of the reasons why I didn't even consider going into the Marines with my best friend. Is because I'm not going to follow orders without knowing what yeah. the fuck's going on. Ever. Ever. That's the most dangerous thing ever. You see that in Nazi Germany. You see that in... Um, Imperial Japan, you, you just, it's always there. During the most horrible atrocities on earth, there are always people who obey without understanding why. Yeah, just following the orders. Just following orders, exactly. Right, yep. And it's it's really horrible. Live vivisections, and the vivisections became so common that people... God. Wait, I need to know. I'm not 100% sure I know what a vivisection is, and I'm going to regret asking the question, I'm sure. Oh, oh, yes, you are. It is the, uh, it is the dissecting for you, for experimental purposes of a live human being, and these vivisections were done without anesthetic. To see how they work, to see how they work, the inner workings while they're alive. And they did it without anesthetics because they thought anesthetics might change how the body reacts, which, I mean, it does in in many ways. So they did it without anesthetics or with anything. Um, and they were just alive and screaming. And a lot of the Chinese, who is what they used, they just took Chinese and... Um, yeah, they took Chinese, and most of the Chinese were very resolute until they got onto the oper- operating table, and they would scream. And then they'd cut them open, and it was the most horrible screams the guys would would have ever heard. But the thing is, the people who were there and handling the Chinese, not the doctors, but the ones handling the Chinese, were often it became so usual to them, they didn't even remember the victims because it was done every day for years. Oh, my God. Yeah, that's like, yeah, that's when you know it's gone, it's gone way too far when it's like a job. Yeah. You don't even have any morals or feelings about it anymore. Oh, God. Yeah, exactly. Are you so drinking anything? 731 is like, and it's so crazy to me that nobody talks about it because it is such a horror show. 
Oh, it's horrible. But the thing is, the Japanese government only finally admitted to it, what, five years ago? Was that really only five years ago? Like five or so years ago. But the thing is, it was hard for them to do because the thing is, they don't have any records of it in their government because they burned them all and stuff. They got rid of them, so they don't have any proof of it. They did the old CIA trick. Yeah. So it's like... And since that government doesn't really exist anymore since after the war, it's kind of like, a, can you blame them? Because those people aren't in right. power anymore, so it's like, it's kind of a hard thing for a government to do because governments suck. Uh, <laughs> like, yeah. Certainly do. That's true. That's an interesting point. I didn't think of that. That government doesn't exist anymore. Yeah. Yeah. So who do you prosecute? Like, who do you, who do you get? You know, who well, you get? the American government, what they did is they mostly gave immunity to the people and uh, also like the British government and stuff. They would give immunity for the information and results of the tests and that information. And many of the uh, people who committed these horrible atrocities and, you know, one of them was they would freeze the people till they'd, they'd smack their arm and make it sound like wood. And that's when they knew, knew the arm was like frozen enough. Oh my and then... God. Uh, they defrosted it to see what would happen, what the results would be. And um, another one would be they'd cut off the limb from one side of the body and sew it onto the other side of the body. That was, because, yeah, that's, what's the point? That's, just, that's just, that's ridiculous. That doesn't make any sense. It doesn't. That doesn't make any sense. I... You know, it's a, actually, it brings up a weird moral dilemma, right? Like, there, there was a vivisection once that didn't kill the, uh, th where they didn't kill the, um, the victim in the, during the vivisection, but it ended up killing them anyways, because what they did was they cut them open, took out their, or took out their stomach, and sewed them back up. Why? <laughs> Why would you do that? What do you... To, to, to see what would happen die. when they wow. Like, no shit. <laughs> it's a big... Scientific surprise. That guy would die, probably. Yeah, he did. Yeah, he was like, no shit. Shock. What, did you think he was going to grow a new stomach? It's a weird moral dilemma, right? Like, with the U.S. government, like, giving immunity to them in return for the information. You it's know like, who didn't give them immunity? Russia. Well, and it was guess. during the Cold War. Let me take a guess. Let me take a guess. Who, who didn't give them immunity? I'm going to say... Who hated America at the time? Oh, Russia. Yeah. Yes. It was Russia. Okay, Russia, Russia. Okay. So they yeah, made a Russia's, big deal uh, out of you it. Know, you know what's crazy? You wanted to talk about the Uyghurs a little bit, right? Uh, yeah. Remind me to bring up something about the Russians if we pivot into that. Yeah, because it's like, it's dehumanized. And you know what? So just, um, they would call them logs. Uh, what was the, what's the word? Muros or shit. I can't think of the word that they would use for uh, the Japanese word for logs, but they'd call them logs. I was going to call you like, one what, just for the hell of it. <laughs> but because it was uh, disguised as a lo logging plant, and then it, it was also uh, disguised to the public as a um, uh, water treatment facility. But they were like, oh, did you chop down any you know logs today or oh, cut no. up any logs today to the... Uh, They'd ask the people who were in the place, and it's like, oh, yeah, we chopped down a bunch of logs today. It's like, oh, yeah. That's like, 
That's like the when, like they're sending emails to one another about pizza. And it's like so that's like that goes into uh, the with um, the Uyghurs talking about the towel head and stuff like that. I I think there's a lot of parallels between what was down at Sound Thirty One and the Uyghurs. I think it's going down that trail. I really oh, I think sure it hope does. Not, man. I really hope not. But as um, far as how they think of the people and stuff like that, and just like you want to think about, right. oh, we're we're just gonna you know put these people in camps, and you know I was just told to, and th- th- and we're better than them anyway. So like I mean we're right. above them. We're supposed to be superior. That's how we're supposed to act, and that'll make the world better. Right. That's exactly how that's the Japanese exactly saw. That's exactly how they view it. Yeah. Hundred percent. That's exactly how they view it. That's true. Yeah. That and and that's how the Japanese justified all this. Right. No, so that's, I'm it's like, true. It's, it, there's, like I said before, there's something in the cultural mindset that's, uh, there's something about... We can't just tri- attribute it to Asia, though. It's everywhere. It's everywhere. No, no, no. And that's what yeah. I want to get into. But there's something yeah. about hierarchy where it manifests itself as, as in, it's not that, like, we're all human beings, but I'm in a different cast than this person. They are not as good as me. And I, that's just something we don't, we got a lot of problems in the West. That's just something we don't have in the West. We don't have the like we we go human first. They go human afterwards. This they, they, this idea that there's 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 a hierarchy that exists that people don't go near one another. They don't hang out with one another. We kill them if we need to, and they're just servants. And it's it's I noticed this when I was studying the Chinese as far as Confucianism goes, and. That's something in Confucianism that is very prevalent. This idea that you are subordinate to the person above you. They do not owe you anything in return. And that's just how it is because that's for the greater good. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's, it's, it's creepy. It's very creepy. And I, I'm kind of glad we live in the U S where that is not a thing. We got our own problems, but at the very least, it's hard to make the case that anyone is subordinate to anyone else as a person. Uh, I just saw, uh, I don't think Nikki P has anything sent to me yet. He said he might be interested in giving me an ad for our podcast together, but Ooh, I, I was going to run it during the middle of this podcast, but he doesn't have it to me yet. Unfortunately, Nikki P is a good dude. Man. He, he is. Uh, like I send I sent out a thing for people to like do intros or skits or ads or whatever to put in the middle of my podcast, but nobody has them out yet. But a lot of people were interested, so I'm kind of excited to see, see yeah, who man, actually makes them. Getting, it's great getting, like, advertisements and, like... Yeah, um, you, you've got some crazy openers, ones. Closers, bumpers, and things like that. People just send you stuff, and, and I love when people send me stuff. I put it in the podcast. Yeah, you must get a shitload of them for your show. It's 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 great, man. I, anytime somebody in my DMs, like, DJ 12Gage is somebody who sends me a lot of commercials. Anytime he sends me something, I get so excited just because I get to be able to edit it and put silly music on it, and it's great. It's great. Yeah, I don't know how to do that shit. How do they send you it to learn, you? learn, man. One day, you got to sit down and you got to learn it because it will take you to the next level. You'll be – it's like – it's almost entertaining, you know? Yeah. I'm just like – I spent like literally over 80 hours one time trying to make a DVD of racing clips, and I couldn't yeah. do it. I couldn't get it to like go onto the DVD. It was horrible. Mm, okay. Like I'm like that technologically incompetent. <laughs> <laughs> It'll you'll learn. You'll get it one day. It's good, man. It's 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 a lot of fun to be able to do it to interact with people and to like because voice put be, stuff on it. It's a lot of fun. Because I used to work for a big race team in Ohio, and I would also record some of the other races before and after, and just following certain cars during the race or whatever, and just 
I, I had enough to make of almost any driver in Ohio a, like, 10-hour video of them racing almost, like, you know, over the course of a oh, few nice. years. So I had that many videos of these guys racing, and so I would try and make videos, and I couldn't do it. I spent... It has to be more than 80. It has to be hundreds of hours trying to make these videos. <laughs> and I, I couldn't make the DVDs. I can't. I, it was horrible. Racing? Yeah. Racing? Sprint cars. Uh, they're, What's that? Tell me they're, about that. They're dirt oval cars and pavement ovals, but we race them on dirt. They're 1,250 pounds, 950 horsepower. And they race on like three eighth mile to sometimes one mile, but usually just up to a half mile oval. And oh, they okay, so it's a quick race. Yeah, and they'll race forty laps on a half mile track. Wow, going uh, fast. But like the um, they'll get up to on like Eldoral, they'll probably get up to what one one hundred thirty miles an hour, which is a half mile oh track, half mile circle. But like oh most tracks, God. they'll they'll only get up to like ninety or hundred miles an hour, and then they'll be at slow at like sixty miles an hour. Oh uh, and the wingless cars are even slower. Crazy. Yeah, they're look, this, look, yeah, look up crazy. look up loud pedal productions. After wow. after this, look up loud pedal production. We can pause it and then you watch that, and then we'll just jump in and talk about the video. Let's do it live, dude. Let's do it live. Right, look, look up a uh, look up. Uh, but, but I don't want to play, they always have music to it, so I don't want to have the music come over this. I'll keep my, I'll keep it on mute. Okay. Uh, just look up Loud Pedal Productions. Which one, okay. which one? Uh, any of them, you just say one, and I'll... Loud Pedal Productions 2013 show reel. Yeah, okay. Oh, man. Now, okay. uh, send that over the general chat to that. General chat, I'll send it over. Oh, man. This is serious looking. Yeah, these guys are insane. I'm gonna send it to. Oh, I sent it to Radio Drama. I'll send it to Oops. both. Why not? There we go. Oh man, this is crazy. Okay, are you starting at? Are you at two seconds? Three seconds? I'm at thirty seconds now. The guy's putting his helmet on. The guy's putting his helmet on. So everybody should be watching. You gotta watch this video. Yeah. These cars, I've never seen. Okay, did you see the guy in the big game tree stands uh, suit? That guy is Sammy Sandell. He's an absolute legend, man. He's been a professional since he was really young. Yeah, like what is the deal here? An original outlaw. Why have I never heard of uh, what is this called? Sprint car. Yeah, sprint sprint car car racing. Yeah. What is that? What is what is? This is weird. I I I used to work on one of the biggest teams in Ohio. They were it was fucking nuts. Uh, I worked with them from like 2015, 2014 through 2016, re- mostly through 15 and 16 though. I did stats and videography for them to analyze the racing. Okay. And I did a little bit of other stuff, like Whoa! gopher type stuff, but. They're like, they're like swerving the whole time. Yeah. The wingless guys don't go nearly as fast, but it takes a lot more throttle control at most places. And then, like, Ohio... Oh, tra- so you could choose to have and then, wings. You could choose to not have wings. Yeah. Some people... Oh, man. It's, it's a different so, type of racing. It's it's a different... So do people just hammer the shit out of one another on these tracks? 
hammer the shit out of them. The, like, do they hit one another? And well, Sammy Swindell does, uh, but no, nobody else really does because it's dangerous as fuck, and everybody will get pissed at you. And then somebody will, and then somebody will come over to your holler with a freaking crowbar trying to beat the fuck out of you. So yeah, you te- you typically don't do that. Because that's free market right there. You don't get the police involved in racing. You just go over to the other guy's pits. <laughs> where, is there, where is this at? Where do they do this? Uh, Ohio? Where, where, where do you, you, you're in uh, New York, right? New York. Okay, there's a few good tracks over there. There's a good pavement track that runs something similar to these called Super Modifieds. Uh, they do this on pavement? Yeah. Jesus. Um. Whoa, he's flipping over! Yeah, that's Steve Kinzer in the number 11 right there. He's 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 really old, too, unfortunately, so that kind of thing can really break his back or something. Oh, wow, you know, he flipped all, he's flipping all the way over. This is crazy. we got to get this out to the... I'm going to have to go on my podcast and, and talk about some car racing. Car. Yeah. This is crazy. Okay, so, and then they have Lebanon Valley. They used to have Syracuse, but Governor uh, but Kuma decided to bomb the fucking front stretch. He decided to freaking explode it. Yeah, he's, I hate Kumo. He decided to oh, kill yeah, the Moody nice Mile. That was one of only like three dirt mile tracks left in the entire world, and so they got rid went? of it because it was it was at the Syracuse Fairgrounds. Is that how this works? You complete the laps the quickest? Yeah, you, you're the first one to the finish line after like the 30th lap. Well, how it works is you have qualifying, and you want to be at the front of the qualifying, and then you're at, usually like at the front of your heat or whatever, unless it's an inverted start and you have a complicated format sometimes. But usually it's faster guys start at the front of the heat, and then you have the heat races, which is like, say, eight heats of 10 guys or 16 guys, uh, depending on how many guys show up. And then the guys, like the top four guys out of the heat will go to the A main, and the rest of them will go to the B main or C main. And then you have to be top in the C main or the B main to get into the next main up and hopefully into the A main. And the A main is usually like 40 laps. The heat races are usually like 10 laps. I'm, I'm going to be honest with you. I'm kind of into this. This is, this is... Yeah, these guys are freaking nuts, man. They're absolutely case, they insane. Nuts. Yeah, they, they're crazy. Oh, I see some hitting. I see some hitting going on. Yeah. You you, you really don't want to hit tires for obviously obvious reasons with these things being open-wheeled so out. do this on pavement. How many times in those four um, laps do you tires? I'll look up. Um, you keep talking, and I'll look up a little clip for you. Okay, I'll, I'll, um, I'll keep talking. So what I'm seeing here... Oh, somebody won. Okay. This is this is wild. So I've seen the NASCARs, I've seen the the, 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 the others, I've seen like the, the, the going around in circles, I've seen the actually having to like maneuver and do tracks. So this is kinda like going around in an oval. And these guys are going at ridiculous speeds in the little tiniest cars I've ever seen. And they look like they could kill one another at any moment. That's okay. that's crazy. This is a this clip is out of at Winchester that I'm sending now. It's a really fast pavement track. It's debatably the fastest half mile in the world. It's between Bristol and Winchester. There's some arguments on track actual size, whether Winchester is the fastest half mile in the world or Bristol. But this place is absolutely fucking insane. And this is like, oh, this is all kinds of footage. This is crazy. Oh, I see. So on the dirt, they're swerving a lot more. Oh! 
Somebody's dead. No, he actually didn't oh. die. He actually yes. went on to a very successful indie Three people. attack career. Yeah. And Three that's a, that's a narrow ass track, yeah. isn't it? <laughs> they just started. It looks like they just started and three people are down. Yeah, it's and that was they just a heat race. A, okay. That was just a heat race, so that wasn't even like the feature. Everybody was gonna make the feature that night because there weren't enough cars. So, okay, so what is a heat race? A heat race. So you have the qualifying, and then you have a heat race, which everybody goes into heat race like eight or nine cars or ten cars or whatever for ten laps. Uh -huh. Sometimes 16 cars if there's a shitload of cars. Uh, okay. And then you have the heat, the B main, which is the cars that don't make it through the heat race. And like the top okay. f four or so from the heat race go straight to the A main. And the B main cars have to race for top few positions to get into the A main. Okay. So this the heat is... race is just to try and get straight into the A main. And they were uh, crashing. Yeah, and that's why like it's that. completely insane. Yeah, exactly. Okay, got it. I understand. They are killing one another. Jesus, this is wild. Yeah, but you only have so many laps in the A main to get to the front. So, like, if you're starting, like, 16th, it's really hard to get to the front. If you're an amazing but, guy, like... I mean, unless these people smashed the shit out of one another like this. They're five, six yeah. cars just got smashed. <laughs> yeah, Winchester's oh freaking insane. They, they race what's called amazing. midgets on that track, too. Like, um... This is, am this is amazing. This is way better than 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 NASCAR. This is a hundred. No shit. Actually, this there's a lot of the NASCAR drivers come from this type of racing. Like you know the names: Tony Stewart, Jeff Gordon, Kyle Larson, Rico Abreu, Christopher Bell. This is like they like, all come from like this type of racing. Guys? So is this mostly like young guys who are eventually trying to get into NASCAR? Not all of them are trying to get into like NASCAR and stuff though. Some of them would rather race these. Like a lot, a lot of them would definitely rather race these. Uh, I would definitely rather watch this. Anyone yeah, listening, like that's you got to look up 2002 Ed Carpenter Sprint Car Flip at Winchester. Look that video up. This is nuts. This guy is flipping all over the place. People are getting smashed into. Check out this these. Is... Check out these little things. <laughs> these things are insane. Midgets. This is what I'm talking about when I say midgets. Oh, oh no. Here we go. Wait, are there midgets racing or are they midget cars? The, the type of car is called a midget. This is oh, what my okay. great grandfather drove. If you could get drove. a midget, if you could, <laughs> if we could do this with all midgets, I think that could be like a. There's actually a midget that's really, really good at midget racing. He's good at like everything really? racing though. Yeah, his name is Rico Abreu. Rico, a oh man, I'm gonna look this guy up. This guy might be my. Oh man. Oh, he's got a little tiny car. Look up Rico Abreu doing donuts at the Chili Bowl. Okay, everybody look that up. I'm going to look up. Hold on. You just sent... I, I, I just sent you this video of a, USAC midgets at Winchester. This is freaking insane. Okay, here we go. They're racing. Man, this is... Ex I didn't... Listen, I, we were going to do something on Unit 731. I'm glad we did that. This is crazy. <laughs> <laughs> this is... This is like, I, you talked about a centrifuge before. This, <laughs> this, is, <laughs> this is a centrifuge on four wheels. <laughs> this, is ins this is what they were testing for. <laughs> yeah, exactly. This is crazy. Have you ever seen air racing? Oh, hold on. Don't, add, no, I have not, and you can't send that to me yet, because I'm just trying to recover from this. <laughs> I, I, dude, Doss, I swear, I did not know this existed. 
next podcast I record, this is the first thing Yeah, I'm sure that there are tracks near you that race these. How close are you I to Oswego, to though? I have to go. I have to go to one of these. I can't believe this. This is, looks so incredible. If you want to see pavement on a flatter track, go to Oswego, but they aren't sprint cars. They're oh, called Oswego's super modified. Really? Go to Oswego and make sure you go to a winged race before you go to a wingless super modified race. Like, for like a Isma race or something. Okay. Um, they're freaking insane. This is, and this the is wings insane. move. You, the so wings are throttle controlled on those cars. So when you get off the throttle, the wing flattens out to reduce drag, and then when you get in the corner and let off the throttle, the wing gets more, like, goes down more, so that you get more downforce coming in the corner to go around the corner. Oh, man. So, for your first super modified race, you want to watch a winged one, but then go and watch, like, go and freaking watch those guys every weekend, man, if you can. How how close are you to Lebanon Valley? This is great. This is, um, this is what I think everybody wants racing to be. You know, yeah. I think NASCAR with the fuck it's NASCAR is weird because they're going so fast, but it's so slow and it's crowded and it there's it's just an advertising campaign. But this this is like you and your buddies put a car together, rip it at 130 miles an hour and try not to get killed. Okay, that's incredible. I'm looking for. I'm, I'm so happy that you showed this to me. I will never ever forget this. <laughs> I'm looking for a race in New York that for World of Outlaws. Okay. Um, look it up. I swear, I'm I'm gonna look this up later, and, and you'll be the first when I get tickets to one of these events. This is crazy. This is insane. Are there none near you? I don't know. I'll find one. <laughs> yeah. I will find one. Like, here's a series that's really good. The tickets might be a little bit more expensive for these guys, but these guys are the best in the world at winged sprint car racing. Okay. I, 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 don't, I, I will pay a lot of money yeah. to see this. For, for the winged guys, that's the best in the world right there. Oh, it's all in Ohio. Oh, okay. Wait, there's one in Philadelphia. Uh, oh, no. No, just Pennsylvania. Well, I could get there. It doesn't matter. I'm, 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 I would go for this. This is crazy. Oh, Pennsylvania. If you're willing to go to Pennsylvania, go go to Williams Grove. Uh, I, I would definitely be willing to go to Pennsylvania. This yeah. Is like yeah, go to Williams Grove. Like, I swear. you that's, that's a track that I've always dreamed of going to. I've never been to Williams Grove, unfortunately. So when you, when you were associated with this... I'm going to search Williams Grove. Okay. When you were, Williams when you Grove, were October 5th. Your job? What go, was your job when you were doing Go there October 5th and 5th, 4th and 5th. That will be the best weekend of your life, man. October 4th and 5th. Okay. What did you, what were you doing when when you were working on the, in these tracks? Were you, like, working on the cars, or? Uh, not as much on the car. I did a little bit here and there, but what I really did was, uh, status, as a statistician and videography, I would analyze whether the, whether it was the car that was the problem, the driver that was the problem, what the driver was doing wrong, and stuff like that. And oh, so, so you were like, analysis. You, were, you were one of the footage guys. Yeah, but I was That's a footage awesome. guy for a specific track, for a specific team. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. you were like, basically, you were like a, any football or basketball player has a, like, footage of themselves, and they go yeah. over with an analyst. And yeah, exactly. Like, oh, you should have 
pivoted this way or you should have moved that way. That's what you did? That's yeah, and then I'd also go into uh, the stats on the different numbers and what the numbers of the lap times and the differences of the lap times and stuff like that meant. Oh, that is so, that's so, awesome, dude. This so I don't want to go too much into that on air, but I'll tell you some little tricks oh, off yeah, air. Yeah. We got we to gotta talk about this one time. I should get you on the podcast just to walk us through this because I think if Carr doesn't know about this, <laughs> If I'm on your podcast, that'd be fucking insane. It would be, dude. I will. I'll put you on. We'll get a bonus episode in there. We'll talk about punt. Well, what do they call their sprint cars? Sprint cars. Sprint yeah, car they also have silver crowns, which are heavier than these, and they're only wingless, and they run for like a hundred laps on a mile long track. Oh my god, this is sick. Awesome. They've got massive ass tail tanks on them, and they're I, just like. I, I, this is what I missed living in New York City. I got a lot of stuff in New York City, but I missed all this fun stuff, like the, the car race. Yeah, trust me, they missed it in Cleveland too. They don't understand. People in cities don't understand unless they're unless people unless they're in Indianapolis. This is the only city that they understand. <laughs> this is very Indianapolis. It's it's very Indianapolis. Yes. Actually, these were related, like the Champ cars, the Silver Crown cars I was talking to you about, they used to be the same thing as Indy cars back in like the 40s. They started to veer off in like the 50, late 50s, early 60s, and the different routes a little bit. But that's why both Indy cars and Champ cars don't self-start. That's why they're both start, crank-started. Hmm. So it's like they're actually very similar. You can see... Um, yeah, it's so these basically come from the same thing as Indy cars. They they started out as the same thing. Interesting. Um, so interesting. Yeah, and these this are only like, push started this obviously. This going yeah. to the top. The yeah, and it's like the and it's like with the whole oh you, we need to get rid of all the emissions shit like that. It's like then how are we gonna have this? <laughs> uh, yeah. How are we gonna race these crazy ass little cars if we get rid of gas? <laughs> yeah, and you know something really scary about these things? Whoa, the it's on fuel fire. fires. On fire. You can only see oh. the fire if there's oil mixed into it. Oh man! Uh, because just the fuel, which is methanol, it burns clear. It's invisible. Oh, Jesus! All you can see is the heat radiating off the flame. Man, there's like sparks going everywhere this is probably like this is probably like people are like listening to this and it's like i don't know what they're talking about you guys <laughs> watch this video all any video you can find i think at this point yeah sprint car racing yeah this is nuts oh, it's so it's awesome you want to see something insane they're not sprint cars they're called tqs they're called three-quarter midgets tq G-A-M-B-L-E-R-C-L-A-S-S-I-C. Three-quarter midget. Yeah, I'll, I'll show you a specific thing, though, of them, which is insane. Oh, uh, some onboard of them. This is it. The dirt racing. The dirt racing is what I like more, I think, because they're flipping around and stuff on the dirt. Gee, how do people not die all the time with this? Yeah, it's but amazing. it's worth going to Las Vegas at least once, man. That, that place is just... It's ridiculous. It's crazy. Uh, oh, man. Damn it. I, I, I can't find you, it. This, I, 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 
I don't even know, like, I don't know how I'm going to bring this up on my show, but it's the next episode. It's it's going up. It's going up. <laughs> this is great. Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. Um, what other kind of crazy shit is there? Like, what? Okay. This is... um, look, I'll, I'll show you. Have you ever seen... I'm trying to decide whether to tell you about the... Red Bull Air Race type racing, or whether I should tell you about air about like wingtip to wingtip air racing, because they're both very different, very badass for very different reasons. Wait, so wait, what's air racing? Air racing is racing planes. Oh fuck off! No. Okay. That's crazy. So what do they do? So, they F1 Aries planes are probably the most insane type of Aries planes there are because of what they I do with them. I'm sick if I, want, if I see people in planes racing. <laughs> yeah. These guys are freaking insane. Check this shit out. Check this shit out, man. Oh, I do not live off of adrenaline. I live off of adrenaline. Okay, check that out. Precision is all. Red Bull Air Race. Okay. Oh my god! It starts off crazy. The, this th that's that's Red Bull that's single plane air racing, but they like, also do they also do air racing like Air Race One does, where it's wingtip to wingtip around between a one mile and five mile oval, where they race even jets. So that's they'll race jets around like a five mile oval in Reno, Nevada every year. So they're freaking insane. So they're moving, they're flipping these planes around at real time. Yeah, that's not sped up. That's not sped up. That's nuts. <laughs> what is wrong with people? This is crazy. Holy shit! Oh my god. And, like, you take different angles of whether you go up to turn or just turn lateral and stuff like that, depending on the wind conditions and the angle of the next pylon and stuff like that for these guys. But the wingtip to wingtip stuff is what really gets me. But the thing is, the the video isn't as good for them because it's such a big course sometimes. And it's up in the air. It's hard to get the visual of it. Whereas if you have the pylons to see it on the screen, it's a lot better to look at. But, like, they even race jets. In the yeah, wingtip to wing stu tip stuff in the ovals, but yeah, these guys are freaking insane. Yeah, yeah, you see, you see that where it's like the plane kind of flies crooked because of the wind there. But these guys, the wind, oh, these planes are really it. small. These these planes are really really small. Have you seen like a guy standing yeah. next to one of them yet? Oh man, that, he's like. Yeah. Oh wow, and they, look at the drop. These planes are tiny, uh, but they're they're awesome. Um, and then, uh, yeah, yeah. Um, what do you want to talk about next? Uh, let's, Dude, talk, let's talk I, about I, how I'm did you come to start doing your podcast? I, I, I'm hold on. I'm a little stunned from the racing. <laughs> let me let me think. Let me think. How did we come to start the podcast? Well, uh, we didn't do racing, unfortunately. <laughs> 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 I don't know, you know, it's probably the same old story everybody else has. Car and I, we met from an Anarchy Ball chat and created a chat one day. Um, yeah, and he was you your first guest, Anarchy right? Ball. Were you on Twitter when Anarchy Ball was, was Yeah, around? I actually got, I, I actually saw your podcast for the first time because I looked up government in, uh, 
just looking for podcasts. I was just looking uh, for random podcasts, and I just looked up government and searched that, and then like subscribed to all of them that said government. And Friends oh Against God, Government is one of them. to Friends Against Government. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, yeah, we, we started off I, we started off pretty simple. It was like, we you know, we were just like, oh, we're two libertarians, we, and we, we like one another, let's talk about stuff. And we recorded it. It's really uneventful how we started, but it's, it's really nice how it's, how it's been going since. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's an amazing podcast. It's, well, thank it you. really thank is. You very much. People, people it's, seem to like it. It's I, the I, only I, podcast. It, okay, there's two podcasts that I actively search out because I have so many podcasts I don't have time to listen to them all. And if I actively search them out, then I won't right. get my you know general feed of like all of them because I have. Oh, right. You, you have three... messaged the other day that you follow like almost 400 podcasts. Yeah, yeah. That's so crazy. Do so, you, how many do you listen to? Like, like all of them. You listen to, you get through every one of them? No, nah, I don't get through every one of them, though, but, like, I'll, like, yeah. start it, like, okay, I'll download, a, like, the last few when I, uh, like, the night before, that morning before work, and then I'll listen to them all day through work, and then, like, I'll get home and just press play, and then whichever ones happen to be in the feed that have been recently played throughout the day or whatever, or sent out, it'll just play those until I stop listening to podcasts. <laughs> Oh man, that's great. I used to be like that. I used to just consume podcasts nonstop. I used to do it all the time. There's probably yeah. I think I follow like 17 podcasts now. I really had to whittle it down. Yeah. But I used to listen to so many. But I listen to a lot of like racing ones and stuff like that to keep up too oh, because man. like with my job right now and stuff like that and I don't drive. So I only get I only go to the races anymore since I don't work on a race team and I work a lot of Saturdays. I only get to the races like every so often if I'm helping out my friend that drives he's racing a 305 this year. Like if he oh, needs nice. me to videotape and analyze his racing for him, I'll do that. But like other than that, I haven't. I've only been to like a couple races this year, so it really, oh, really freaking sucks. I gotta, I gotta get to a race. I'm telling you, I really do. Yeah, before oh, last year, I had probably been to no less than fifty races a year since I was born. That's so cool, dude. That's awesome. Yeah. Uh. So. Yeah, and, and there's there's what's called speed weeks, where they race every night all over the state for like Holy eight shit. races in nine days. This year, though, unfortunately, there have been a shitload of rainouts where most tracks right now throughout the country, most tracks have more rainouts than they have races, unfortunately, because of how yeah, the weather has been this a, year. I like, a mud track will do that. It's kind yeah. Of, it's difficult to so do that. So that, that's, that's the unfortunate part, but, yeah. you know, later in the year it gets better, you know, but this year's been, just been extra bad. Um, that's good. But, what yeah, about you? How come you started a podcast? Uh, I started the podcast because I just wanted to share different ideas and stuff like that. So I had an idea back in when I was graduating high school. I'd have a bunch of friends and we'd start kind of a round table type thing, kind of like King Arthur where everybody has an equal voice of different political spectrum. So I had some leftists, some middle of the road people, some me who I considered very far right because I consider like free market economics really far right at the time. Like, you know what I mean? That's how I saw the economic spectrum. I didn't, I, cause I find it hard to analyze an economics, like a political spectrum in any way, but economics. Like, I just don't okay. see it as possible. It doesn't You're make a dirty sense. Marxist. You're dirty <laughs> Marxist. <laughs> like, cause, cause that's how I see it. I see you either give people the freedom to do what they want or you don't. So that's economic freedom. You can do whatever the fuck you want. <laughs> yeah. You know? 
true. Yeah, that's... yeah, it is true. That is like I, I, I'm. Not, I mean, this is not a stretch here. That's one of the few things I think Karl Marx said that made sense. With everything basically boils down to economic. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's. They said he I mean, was a little bit backwards in the direction he went. <laughs> he went the yeah. He went the wrong way with it, but it was a good observation. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> And it's like everything is about economics, and that's why we have to fucking oppress everybody. You know what annoys me is people say, "Oh, um, Adam Smith saw it was as if there was an invisible hand guiding the economy." He's like, and I'm like, "No, no, he did not say that. He said there is an invisible hand. Very big difference." And finally, I heard one other person a few weeks ago say that, and it was freaking Bob Murphy, and I'm like, "Yes." <laughs> now, what do you, what do you mean by that when you hear? Because hands? God created man to have a certain personality and act in a certain way, right? right. We're, we're act so we act in so, there's a way humans are developed so that when we treat each other fairly, we become more prosperous. When we right. treat each other and not force each other to do stuff, we become more more prosperous. So it's literally there's an invisible hand. God's hand is is basically saying, if you treat each other right and you do the right things, and you give each other what they need, you you will be raised up in this world. Right. Well, that's true. That's a really interesting point that I and, never, and I never thought of. Before. So it's true. There is. Yeah. So it guides the world and it guides the people who help more people because that's what capitalism is. It is benefiting as many people as you can. Right. That's that's what capitalism is. Hopefully. <laughs> Hopefully. That's what we'd like to turn it into. No, I mean, <laughs> Marxism is saying, okay, I'm going to force you or I'm going to steal from you to give you money and, like, no, that's not what it is. We Capitalism just is just helping one more. another. Like, that's all it is. Yeah. It is one. So. It, it is not one person helping the other person. It is both people helping each other. Did you, that's, uh, that's did capitalism. you do a political compass recently? Have you done your political compass? No. You gotta do Should it. We do gotta that live? That. Should we do that live? Send me a link. Should we do a live? I mean, I let's have mine. I've got mine. We'll just do it again. We'll do it together with me. And, oh, let's, do it. let's do it. Let's do it. Just, just send me the link. I don't know what, what the link let's is. I find these very let's stressful. <laughs> you find them to be stressful? Yeah, yeah. They're they're a little bit long. I don't know if we'll be able to complete the whole thing on Because I'm not like an A I, I'm not like an A or B kind of person. I'm always like, Well what are you trying to get at here? And I'm like, Well, that's not exactly true, so uh, but that's what it's inferring off of this, so should I say that since that isn't exactly true because of this? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I have a lot of problems taking them because I feel like a lot of the questions are leading. Like yeah. you want me to they want me to give a yes or no without giving me enough information behind. Yeah, exactly, exactly. I, uh, I, I, where do you put yourself on? Um, I, I put myself at somewhere between Bigfoot and the Road Toad. <laughs> so, so you're definitely an anarchist. <laughs> exactly. That's, funny. That's where I would like to be. Don't, you know, I don't capitalism, economics, society, nah, Bigfoot. That's all Bigfoot. I need. That's all I need. Leave me alone. Give me Bigfoot. That was funny. There, there was somebody. There was somebody. I, I'm. Somebody said something dumb on Twitter the other day, and I was—I responded. I was like, "Then go fuck off to the woods." And and someone—it was Biggie. It was 
I got to get his name right. It was Biggie Foots. You know the account Biggie Foots? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Biggie Foots messaged under. He was like, I would really like to do that. <laughs> <laughs> I would really like to get into the woods. I love yeah, that there's a road toad. I love that there's a road toad discovery society Twitter. <laughs> do you know what's crazy about that? I don't know who runs that account. <laughs> oh, did you see Dark Time Woods is in my Discord? Yes, I Look did. And side. you know what's crazy about that? I also don't know who runs that account. I don't either, but we might find I, out because you know why he's in here? He's in here for the uh, radio show. We're doing a radio show that Jacob Lindsay is going to write the script for. Yeah. Oh. So we might actually end up finding out who Dark Time Woods is. I don't know. That would be cool. But, yeah, ma it, but ma make sure you're in the, uh, for the radio show if you're interested because that way you might be in the conversation even if it do doesn't get out on the show. Yeah, I could find out who he finally is. I have suspicions that the Road Toad Discovery Society is Rollo, but you I'm think? not a hundred percent sure. I've seen some suspicious uh, uh, spelling errors and things like that that I've seen in his text messages. Let's just oh, I would have suspicious spelling errors too. Do you see my tweets? <laughs> <laughs> it's good. It's good though, because sometimes like people try to be incognito on the internet and make multiple accounts but then you can spot them you know sometimes you can yeah. spot yeah like, i think the dark tom i'll tell uh, the dark tom woods account i have to stop it at, at one hour this and we're at 47 minutes i've stopped it at one hour and then restart for oh, the second portion minutes already? yeah but i uh, we can keep going i just just stop it and then restart again because um and then i can just splurge the two together because it only lets you put an hour on each file hour well, yeah, we on each five. End up wrapping it up in an hour, unless you want to. But I, I, I can go as long as you want. I, I, the longer the better. I think. I mean, I don't know. <laughs> the longer the better. Let me see. Let me try. Okay, I, mean, I could probably go for probably another forty-five minutes or so. Yeah. yeah so, I, we'll so we'll, no pressure on it. Let's see. Yeah, yeah. Let's see. Um, what audiobooks do you keep on your? Uh, do you keep? Do you keep any audiobooks on your phone? Oh, hell yeah. I have yeah, okay. Audiobooks. What audiobooks do you keep on your phone and not delete when you finish them? When I finish them? Yeah, when you finish them, you just leave it on there to listen to again, whatever. Man, that's a tough question. I'm not somebody who usually listens to stuff twice. Let me think. Let me think. Yo, you know what is one? So have you ever read Radley Balco's The Warrior Cop? No. All right, so it's. It, I think the official title is Radley Balco, The Rise of the Warrior Cop. Okay. And so it's basically it's a book about the militarization of the American police force, like throughout history. Yeah, yeah. So so it starts Freaking from slave catchers. Era, <laughs> talking about how uh, you know how how the British soldiers used to police the citizens and how that evolved into private police forces in the United States. Yeah. And so I keep the audiobook for it. Because the guy who reads the audiobook, and everybody, I recommend everybody get the audiobook. It, the guy who reads it is yeah, so... Yeah, put, put the name of it in the Discord chat. I will do that. So, yeah. the guy who reads the audiobook is, does it so well. You know how when you pick up an audiobook and the guy's yeah. voice just perfectly matches the subject matter? Yeah, yeah. That's great. Yep. That is great. You know what I keep on my phone? I keep uh, Chaos Theory by Bob Murphy. Say that one more time. I couldn't hear you. Chaos Theory by Bob Murphy. Oh, Chaos Theory, right. Yeah, I keep that on my phone at all times. Just yeah, Bob a is a thing. really, really great guy. I wish you would answer some email. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
I, we emailed him so many times to get him on the show. He just doesn't. You know. Well, maybe that you've been on another Catholics show. If I'm debatably Catholic, I guess because I, I my big problem with the Catholic faith is oh, that I'm going into the Catholic it's faith acts. now. It's here, acts. Here's what you should do. Here's what you should do. You should pause the uh, recording and let's. We should start it up again on that. Okay. Let's do that. Cord. Do you have a death wish? Do you have uh, the desire to be put on a watch list of a domestic terrorists? Well, I suppose you should follow me on Twitter again. And, well, I suppose the second question is, um, do you have a death wish? Um, do you have any uh, desire to have your podcast deleted? Well, if the answer is yes, you should not support me on Patreon. If the answer is no, you're probably already too late. So you should definitely support me on Patreon. Patreon.com slash Woods, of course. Okay, so the thing with the Catholic faith is now I I can pull this up for uh from a texting with my brother, uh but the thing is, it's in the Bible it says faith and faith alone saves. According to the Catholic faith, uh the Council of Trent I believe, uh it says by acts and faith. We are saved. So that is my major problem with the Catholic faith. And that's actually the thing that got my brother to leave the Catholic faith, too. Um, isn't, it, uh, isn't, it, isn't it in James 2.14, faith and deeds? Um, let me look. James 2.14. Okay. What good is it, my brothers and sisters, if someone claims to have faith but has no deeds? Can such faith save them? Suppose a brother or sister is without clothes and daily food. If one of you says to them, go in peace, keep warm and well fed, but does nothing about their physical needs, what good is it? In the same way, faith by itself, if it is not accompanied by action, is dead. Yeah, I mean, so that would, in a way that's true. That. In, in, a, in a way that's true. Uh, because if you do truly have faith, you'll act differently. Just like... Um, because uh, wait, you, you can't say you truly believe if you don't act, but there's a problem with it. Say you're a quadriplegic or something, and also you had a stroke, so you can't talk. Well, what acts can you have then? You, but you can still have faith. I mean, I, I'm I'm sure you can you can have acts. I don't know if that's. <laughs> and what acts can, like... of faith can you perform if you're bedridden and can't talk or anything like? Well, certainly you can you know. perform the sacraments. Uh, that's an act of faith. Can you choose to though? If you can't physically act, can I mean? You can pray for others. Is an act of faith. Okay. Uh, you can, if you have the ability to but, speak, you can pretty much anything, right? Yeah, but like I see, it is those are due to having faith that you are doing those things. Then, right. if you now, have faith, you are inevitably going to be that. So, is it the faith of the acts? 
let me ask you a question. So, because it, it, if you truly have faith, you will act. Just because you act doesn't mean you have faith. So it boils down to the faith, you not the act. believe in free will? Yeah. Well, then However, not once you go into heaven and see God's face, because once you see God's face, you cannot turn from him. So, there's that. Well, I couldn't, I couldn't hear that part. Unla un if Once you see God's face, you cannot turn from him. That's why angels, uh, basically their life is technically over because they can't choose anymore. And that's the difference between angels and demons is the demons said what before they saw Jesus' face before they saw God's face he said okay which ones of you choose to serve me and this is found in uh, Revelations I can look it up it's the one where it talks about swiping a third of the angels out of the stars out of the sky or whatever that's talking about the angels and um, basically what happened is they said no, we won't serve you, and we won't serve this lower creation. You created us first. You created us more powerful. Why should we serve these creatures? And so they decided to not serve God's will, and they are the demons. So, uh, and the others are the angels who serve, who help serve us and give us, I mean, the life we have. Right, but angels, um, angels, and demons don't have free will. Angels and demons do not have free will. That is correct. They do not have free will. But they did have free will before... The angels did have free will before they saw God's face. Demons, I believe, still have free will because they haven't seen God's face. I, I, from what I understand, and this, this may be a big difference... The Catholicism... How, I need to understand... How do you identify yourself as a, as a Christian? For ease of conversation, I say Catholic. But... I'm still... Definitely going through some questions about the Catholic faith, um, sure. Sure. and I, I. That's good. That's not a yeah. bad thing. And you're bringing so, up good points. Yeah, um, you're bringing up good points. I think what we need to remember. Well, first of all, we should go back and talk about the most important. Yeah, thing. I should have you on with. Uh, that's probably the most important thing because that's a good question that you raised. I should have you on with my uh, brother Yoshi Bambino. Yes, that's that's an alias uh, that I made up. Yoshi Bambino. Uh, I I'm like, what? Well, how's there a better name than Yoshi Bambino? There's not. There's, there's like, not. There's definitely not. That's a great name. Yoshi Bambino. Uh, Yoshi Bambino. It is. It's like a wrestling name. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Boxing, maybe. Uh, what church have you been attending, out of curiosity? Uh, I it, it really depends on what city I'm in. Uh, when I'm in Huron, I attend St. Peter's. When I'm in Sheffield, I attend St. Mary's Avon. When I'm in Fremont, I attend St. Uh, Mary's in oh, so Fremont. So you're still, like, like, a practicing Catholic. You're yeah. just questioning stuff. Yeah, and then w when I was... <laughs> When, when I went to my brother's, I went to St. Mary's in Sheffield and then went to his church, which is kind of non-denominational. Uh, um, it's called... Um, they Actually, they have their... Uh, all their um, it, it's called Redemption Chapel, and they have all their um, uh, homilies and stuff on uh, podcast form. Right. Um, so, and I uh, also went to uh, his church, too. So, I went to both a Catholic church and his church that weekend. And I've also done that with uh, one of my friends uh, from my old job. I went to a Catholic... I actually ran too long to go to my 
Catholic Church after, but it was then time to go after. Um, so yeah, I I I always go to a Catholic church too. Good. Will so. you give me a moment that I could maybe I can make an argument for? Yeah. So I guess in the same set of verses, see James two is 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 really important for this. Um, I think it's really important that we understand that the fact that we as human beings have free will means that we have choice before we have righteousness. And I want to I want to use a biblical line to do that. Okay, may I may I quote something and then maybe give me your thoughts on it as far as uh, what you brought up before? Yeah, I just sent a an invite to Jacob Lindsay if he wants to jump in, <laughs> just because he's a Quaker man. I I want to get it. Yeah, yeah. So okay. He's a real Quaker, not like Car who's a uh, Cathaker. Yeah, cars cars a Catholicer, a Catholicer. Yeah, a Flaker. A a a, a, a Quakelet. <laughs> a Quakler. <laughs> a Quakler. That's good. Here, let me can I let me bring up a verse for you just to consider something. So you had asked the question, or rather, you'd made the statement, I guess, that if we are good people, we will do good deeds. Yeah. Now, the problem with that, in, in my opinion, and this is an argument a lot of Calvinists make, is if you assume that because we're good, we act good, that denies us our ability to act evil and therefore our free will. Let me, uh, let me do a quote from James, and uh, I will try and explain to you why I think that. Okay. All right, so this is James. It's, it's right after the verse I just quoted. This is James 2.21. I'm not, I'm not, I'm, we could even do James 2.20, but it starts at James 2.21. Was not our father Abraham considered righteous for what he did when he offered his son Isaac on altar? You see that his faith and his actions were working together, and his faith was made complete by what he did. And the scripture was fulfilled that says, Abraham believed God, and it was credited to him as righteousness, and he, call, and he was called God's friend. You see that a person is considered righteous by what they do and not by faith alone. Okay. So that, I think that is a, a, a pinnacle of a verse in describing that. Even the Lord says, it isn't just by faith that I give my love and affection to you. You have to prove it. And it isn't just that you're a good person that you're righteous. You have to prove your righteousness. It seems to me that though God knew that Abraham was a righteous man, he still made him put Isaac on that altar and bind him and nearly sacrifice him as a test yeah. of his faith. He wouldn't need to attest his faith. He knows his faith. He's God. But it's for Abraham. Yeah. Act. Yeah. He must act yeah. in order to show. So that would be my argument, I think, as to why we believe it's not just faith, but deeds. And not that deeds come after faith, but that they work in tandem. That would be my argument. Okay, I I thought it was Paul somewhere that said faith and faith alone, but I can't cite it. Then, so I'd have to. I would love to get you and Yoshi on together. That would be freaking awesome if I can Man, do that. If I was an apologist and I had any skill in arguing religion, I would do it. Maybe I'll. Maybe if we brush up and we have a little conversation yeah. about it perhaps yeah 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 um, I want you to consider well you can check out his arguments too by checking out i mean i told you where they have all his sermons and stuff like that for his church he's actually going to be going but he's very well rounded in his stuff he's actually going uh over to portugal to uh create 
Christian churches in Portugal because in Portugal, yes, it's considered like 99% Catholic, but the thing is they aren't really Catholic. They don't believe that you have like, it's not necessary. They don't believe that it's necessary to like evangelize and stuff like that over there because it's like dead over there. It's like dead Christianity. They treat it like a lot of like Jews do over here where it's like a cultural thing, not like a religious thing and spiritual thing. Sure. So he's trying to like revitalize in Portugal that what Christianity is and that you need to live Christianity, not just identify as Catholic. Well, I, I agreed. Yeah. This is the thing about, um, the so he and his wife are actually, he and his wife are actually Francis moving to is, Portugal. Uh, focus lately has been on the pastoral aspect of the faith. This yeah. idea that look, we're priests, we have to actually go out and do stuff for people. Yeah. You can't just sit yeah. in the churches. So this is this is a universal movement. It's not just a movement outside of the Catholic faith. I think everybody's kind of realizing we need to start bringing God back to people. They can't keep coming to us. Yeah, but it's really bad in Portugal, especially for something that everybody thinks oh, yeah. is Catholic. Everybody thinks it's Christian. And it's like, yeah, sort of. <laughs> like a lot of them identify, like actually a really high percentage of them identify as atheist Catholics. <laughs> That's funny. Cultural <laughs> Catholics. Cultural Catholics. So, yeah, and actually speaking of that, it's really funny, uh, there is um, a joke that when I was listening to one of the sermons from my brother's church, it's like it's talking about, okay, there's this, th there's this guy out like hiking or whatever, and he comes across a bear, and he's like a militant atheist, and he's like, well, you, I, you can't believe in God and da, 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 for this, 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 and this reason, and then the bear comes over, and is about to eat him, and he starts praying to God, that the bear doesn't eat him, and he, and God's like, well, don't you think that's kind of hypocritical of you to start praying that the bear doesn't eat you? And he's like, all right, all right. I'll, I won't pray that, the, pray that the bear won't eat me then. I'll pray that the bear becomes Catholic and doesn't eat me. <laughs> then, the prayer be, then the bear becomes a Christian and doesn't eat me. So then the bear drops down on the, you know, his knees just praying. <laughs> so it's just something funny so it's like the atheist question thing it's like you know these guys are always like oh amen and stuff like that and, and all these things on like twitter and stuff like that when something horrible happens it's like you don't actually mean that you're an atheist yeah. right right and it's like um, even the christians do it though and they don't actually pray when they say you know prayers or whatever you know it's like if you aren't actually gonna pray about it don't 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 tweet that don't say that because there's nothing more powerful in our world, in our world than words. I mean, even a third of God's identity identifies as the word of God. You know, he identifies as words. And what's more powerful? He spoke the wor world into being. And he made us in his image. So what can we do that's more powerful than words? I, uh, it's, a good, it's a good thought. Good question. And... and I find it hard to say, yes, I'm Christian, but at the same time, I find it hard to say, yes, I believe in God. Because when I act a whole hell of a lot different, if I believed in God like I believe in my dad or something, somebody that I'm real intimate with in life and actually talk to and can physically touch, wouldn't I act that's, differently? That's, that's the best so, possible way to believe that. Yeah, I know, but like, if I don't act like I can physically touch, like I would if I could physically touch him, which in some ways you can because the God's in everyone, but like, if I don't act like that, 
and I don't know many people who do, even if you go out to another country and dedicate your whole life to preaching about God's word and sharing his message, do you truly believe in that same way? So what right do you have to say that you believe in God? What right do you have to say that you are a Christian? You know, it's, that's something that bothers me. I think, I, I forget, I, man, I forget his name. There's a, a philosopher, a Catholic philosopher, who kind of put it um, the best way that I've heard it is someone asked him, do you consider yourself a Catholic? Uh, and his response was, I consider myself trying to be a Catholic because the only true Catholic is Christ. The only person who's truly Catholic, who has no doubts, who has 100% action and faith is Christ himself. There's, yeah. there's, there's, we are only trying to be like a Catholic in that sense. And I always found that to be more persuasive, this sort of humility about faith, right? And about, look, you can only know what you can know, right? You can't know yeah. the greater things. So we have to rely on faith, right? Yeah. We can also use other things, but we have to ultimately, we go to faith. Faith is yeah. so important in uh, believing in God. But I, I don't think that I have a problem with people saying they believe in God or that they're Christian. I don't have a problem with that. They understand that it yeah. isn't really that they are. It's that they're trying to be. Yeah, exactly. Know? It's like, but can you truly say, I mean, what right do you have to say that you believe in it? Because, like, the words are so powerful. And it's like, yeah, you can believe in it, but how much do you believe in it? How much do you have the right to say that about the most powerful right. thing in the universe? That, right. yeah, I believe in it. Mostly. Right. <laughs> yeah. Right, right, right. That's right. It's I, I mostly believe, and I try to get better and better. Yeah, yeah. And I will always have doubt. Yeah. And that's why I, I always am cautious about I'm, I'm glad you asked the question about, you know, the faith. I'm cautious usually when people say, oh, this one thing doesn't make sense to me, so I have to leave. That, to yeah. me, you wouldn't do that with your finances. Let's say you, I don't know. You lost some money on a loan or whatever. You got sharked, whatever the case may be. So just give up everything. It's silly, right? Or there was a, a house fire, so we have to sell the house. It's like, no, you can rebuild it. There will always be problems. And you have to remember that the house is is the goal. And that you're always just trying to hold it together, right? Yeah, I, yeah. I, I feel like, I, and I know exactly what you're saying. I don't get too worried about it because I think when people say I believe in God, there's this underlying sort of idea that it just means I'm trying. I'm trying my best. But, uh, yeah, there's an arrogance sometimes with some Christians that are, you know, I don't have to explain it to you. There's an arrogance in some Christians as far as faith goes and as far as identifying goes. And, well, that's just how it is, unfortunately. Yeah. Um. Good religious conversation, dude. That was really Yeah, good. yeah. Um, really I'm looking for something real quick. Just talk about nonsense. Talk about a fight between a chupacabra and a road toad. Just do it. Just go. Go for it. Talk, talk See about, what happens. Say it again. A, a, fight out. Between, a fight between a chupacabra and a road toad. Oh, man. Just... just you you got to go for it. Just, just see how well you it's can do. It's clearly the toad. Why? What's What do you think? Hold on. Why do you... It's the toad. Yeah, but you got to describe their fight. Describe their fight. Yeah, okay. you you've, you got to go through the fight like a like a like a imagine like you are an old radio like boxing radio guy like okay. you know an you old are boxing radio announcer. Fighters 
Introduce the fighters and I'll, I'll, I'll describe. And from the socialist end of the USSR, the one, the only, undefeated, actually many times defeated, he just refuses to admit it, Chupacabra! And from Anarchistan, the land of the collapse, and all the collapses in hero, the Rotoad! With zero oh. professional fights. <laughs> now, now here's the thing I'm noticing about the road toad. Uh, he's 700 pounds <laughs> and a giant frog. <laughs> what is the chupacabra? He's like a stupid goat or something, isn't he? He's like a dumb. More like goat. a dog, but yeah. He's oh, he's like a dog who sucks goats, isn't that right? He's a goat sucker. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, I feel like the Chupacabra is a big, um, uh, dickhead, and he's, and he's, it's, his time's over, really, is the truth, I think. Uh, Toad is coming up, we have the Toad Discovery, the Road Toad Discovery Society, um, and hopefully he gets this first win, and we'd be really excited for that. Alright. Now. Did I give you enough time? <laughs> yeah, okay, so. Uh, there's, uh, we're talking about God a lot in this, so I'm going to tell you a comedy. Alright. Okay. Th this story is to be displayed with a picture of a painting of a woman sitting on Earth with the words, All America March. Okay? So, this photo, which broke as the as news last week as proof of God's existence, and was a girl along with oxygen in space turns out to be a fraud. Watching the chaos in the lands of riots and murders, priests, rabbis, and people, the and Pope, the Dalai Lama, and many other religious figures, has been has been great fun to write about. However, an estimated 700 religious left and receiving of a letter of confession and an invitation to interview the confessor. Yesterday, we have decided to expose the truth and quell the public's anger. It was a difficult decision to throw the culprit under the bus. However, after hours of meditation and pensive thought, we have decided for our nation, our world, and our wallets to expose Leonardo Houdini. As the black daily deceit newspaper SUV slammed to a stop, I looked up with my head instantly in my head instantly surged forward and down by the force of the stopping vehicle, which it gave me a physical pain in the neck, along with my bodyguard, who was seated in the front in the front passenger side seat. Then I looked back up to see a man in overalls who looked eerily similar to the pop star and in early and to the pop star in the early 21st century, Justin Bieber. Standing in front of one of the many shacks made of metal, the state of his pe penny... I don't even know what that word is that I wrote. <laughs> P-E-N-U-R-Y, penury. What? His penury village. I gotta look up that word, because I don't even know that word, and I wrote it. Penury. Did you look it up? You look it up and say the definition, because I don't even know what that means, and I wrote it. Penery. 
to, to a cramping or oppressive lack of resources. Oh, okay. <laughs> this this penury village was so grimy <laughs> that my... I don't think it's penury. I don't... <laughs> was so... <laughs> Let's go with let's go with P nanny. Go P nanny. <laughs> like a dog, go P nanny. Right. Was so grimy that my bodyguard Leonard had to pull had to pull my shaking body out of the vehicle. However, Leonardo seemed not to notice. As I walked into the house, it was like witnessing the metamorphosis of a butterfly from a, a gloomy cocoon into the wonderful inside, ready to burst out into the world. I asked how the how he made a fake so lifelike. It's not a fake. It's a painting. And a rather poor one at that, retorted Houdini with a haughty laugh. How, how can a poor wretch like you attain such talent that such a vivid picture can be created? Attaining the skill comes with constant practice, which can be attained by smearing colorful stuff called paint on just about anything. It takes as little exertion as that. People looked past the signs that this was not a photograph, such as the stars spelling out words. Why do you think people were so quick that their evidence was conclusive, was conclusive as proof of a photo of God? People are idiots, retorted Houdini with clear vexation. Now it seems all religious figures are in peril. What's your plan? Houdini then responded by pressing a button, which blew up the house. Then, uh, by blowing up the house, then writhing in crippling affliction, I thought I saw him spawning in different places all over the room, but he was regenerating his body from bits all over, bits of it all over the place. Like what Dr. Who. Getting crazy. That, that was the end. So, what the hell? <laughs> so basically, <laughs> I'm, like, I'm so confused. I I have like I have like eight or nine of those where that came from. That's crazy. It, it, that was like, I feel like I just got hit in the face. <laughs> oh, I have an ad. I have an ad for one of my favorite uh, comedies. That's like the same style. Wait, say that. Or not my favorite comedy. From one of my favorite books, and it's not even a comedy, the book. Okay. Alright. Coming soon on DVD and Home Bullshit. Actually, it came already in Book of Print. The Siberian by Stanislaw Lem. This preview is suited for fucking for fucking infants, okay? Push them out of the nest, you fucks. And this is authorized by me. There was once a something, a something that made nothing. Idle it was not. For it won on a bet, the something made anything, anything that began with N. It made nuts and nebulizers, nutcrackers and nebulophones. His name was Churl, the man who made the probability amplifier. Enough about dragons, let's speak of things that can have two heads. Again, with those who lived, not those in wagons, for a bed. This constructor, fuck these stanzas. Yes, that was in this text. And so was that. And so is this. As he proved to his friend, the thing, he, the things he could think of came to a grind. His friends told the machine to make nothing. It sat there indeed. Turl was confused why his friend gloated indeed. Tri triumphant, the machine sat in idle, not making a thing. But the machine, in tri triumphant, but the machine... 
when the machine had sat in idle, not making a thing, but the machine interrupted, and it began to twist and glow. Making a nun or a nymph was nothing at all, but making nothing couldn't be done in a jiffy. So quit being so hiffy. He started with the ends, but that was out of familiarity. He assured the constructors in a jiffy. So it, so he, it warned the two that all things around them were concluding to disappear. They have only a short time to, li to live before they too disappear. The friend indeed, the, the friend indeed, in fear he requested a deed. After admitting he was a machine indeed, he was the greatest indeed. Now he now uh, now could he put back all he had seen. Now nymphs and noses and nonsense and, and necrophilia. Now that he oh could God. do, <laughs> but, but all now, but all now that was something he could not do, and that's why there are no sleplemilios or sleplemiliads. So when the word spread among the milieu of Turrell that they made a machine, a machine that could make something, not everything, and not many things, and not all things that began that. So, and not all things that began with N. There was this already like one of those. That that's a story for another day, or maybe yeah. never at all. Something so great and vast as it was made, the the that King Kong himself fainted in fear. <laughs> King Kong's not actually in the story. As he swung from the top, he could not see the ground so clear. But enough about your mama. <laughs> I only got one I banana. You said that this was an advertisement. <laughs> the something was a machine, a machine that was something. This is starting to sound like Russian dolls. <laughs> I once met some dolls. They were so Russian, and I met met some met some Russians. They were such dolls. I might be the first. We interrupt this RSS feed. <laughs> we interrupt this I RSS. I feel like you should be singing this. <laughs> We interrupt this RSS feed to tell you that one single word has been censored. Fuck the Federal Dick Association. We get all our dicks up on everyone's business. Now back to your regular programming. <laughs> Antipods. Or, we'll s you see this is brainwashing with bleach. And Tide Pods, really, this is like a toddler cleaning the kitchen sink. <laughs> <laughs> to compliment hot and spicy KGB spies How on the free RSS <laughs> <laughs> That's the end of it. How long is this poem? That's the end of it. <laughs> That's crazy. <laughs> it's actually, like, the part about the nebula phones and nebulizers and thing that can make ends and then decide to gloat, what, and then the friend decided to gloat when it wouldn't make nothing because nothing can exist so it couldn't make anything that began with n and then it started to erase everything that exists and then it started to erase everything that's actually part of the story because it's a story called um the siberian which is about a guy who creates stuff he's he's basically an inventor and can invent anything and there's a lot of like moral stories about it and stuff like that and it's a really amazing story like one of the stories is about um he and a fellow constructor are friends, and he uh, he's making something for a prince which simulates society, and it's oh, basically like people. Is like poetry and stuff. Is that what? The no, it's a story. I just made a random reading, poem, but this books. is it's it's the best. It anything by Stanislaw Lem is 
probably the best stories you will ever read. He's my favorite all. He's my favorite author of all time. Period. End of discussion. You can name J.R. Tolkien, J.K. Rowling, uh, Dave Argabright, who's a nonfiction writer about racing, but he's amazing. Uh, you can read Don Quixote. Don Quixote. Nothing can match Stanislaw Lem's writing, and the Siberia is one of his books, and um, it's he's just freaking amazing. Um, and especially getting audiobooks sometimes, like for when you first get into him, because he uses some weird words that he makes up, makes up like nebula like phones and stuff. Uh, so like when you first read it, it's like, what the fuck is that? And it's tra they translate it really good from I think it's Polish. It was originally written in, but oh, yeah. it's freaking amazing. Um, it seems like something that I would listen to in like poetic form, like a book. Yeah, it's just listen to his stuff, and it's amazing because like. What happens in this one part of uh, the Siberian is he creates this mini-society in, like, a snow globe-type thing, and there's no way to prove that they don't exist. That way the prince doesn't get mad that it's like, oh, it doesn't really work, it's not real, there's this glitch, that glitch, and, you know, th this makes it less real. So he makes it so that there's no way to prove it's not real, but then his fellow constructor says, well, if there's no way to prove it's not real, how do you know it's actually not? And that these you don't have these slaves that he can do anything to. And that kind of goes into society of that's kind of what governments do. Oh, man. That's like a, that hurts my head, dude. Yeah, it's like, so it's like... It, it's amazing. And he actually, he did t talk about that thing, how like dragons can't actually have two, two heads and there's a probability amplifier in dragons and shit. And he created dragons through increasing the probability of things. It's really crazy. It's, it's an awesome book. Like, and then he has a really good one called the, uh, called Solaris, which is about a planet which is like an infant god, and uh, basically it screws so like people. A, a philosopher. Yeah, he also has he also has philosophy books. Like a lot of Eastern fiction is like that. A lot of Eastern science fiction is like that, where it's a philosophy I'm, I book in fiction have to form. Look into this guy. Yeah, he's he's really, he's absolutely amazing. Mind blower. Okay. Yeah. Good. Um, so definitely, definitely listen to some Stanislaw Lem stuff. It's, definitely. it's drop dead. Like what the fuck just happened? <laughs> that, that maybe when you're reading the poem, I'm, what the fuck is happening? <laughs> yeah. I added some bullshit in there about like the federal <laughs> dick association and sure, King yeah. Kong and shit. But you know what? That's just because I'm full of shit. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. It's funny. I, I gotta get moving soon. Um, all right, all right. It's kind of funny that we started, like I, I said I said in the beginning, that we were going to start with Unit 731, and we were going to end with doing cocaine on an airplane. And he basically but, did that. <laughs> well, no. We did the cocaine on the airplane before the God discussion. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> and then you ended with some wild-ass poetry. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So, to tell a story real quick. Uh, sure. Okay. You have to tell a story about, um, I don't know, um, just, just tell a story about something that's happened in your life that's very powerful, but in VeggieTales form. And you have to include a chupacabra. That's what we're going to end this on. Oh, man. Um, I was going to do two cucumbers going to a bar. I don't know how I was going to finish that joke. <laughs> I think we should just end it. I'm not going to be able to.
you know what I just realized? Maybe this is how we ended. Apparently, Veggie Tales is like a Christian TV show. Yeah. I never knew. I that kind of creeps me out because I never knew that it was a Christian TV show. I just always watched it thinking it was just a normal show. I didn't realize that it was all about like religious lesson. And that kind of creeps me out because I guess I was paying no attention. Yeah, yeah. I must not have been paying any attention. So all right. So um, let, let, okay. We'll start. We'll end this with a different thing. You have. Cool. A chupacabra, you have, um, chupacabra. a chupacabra, and, sure. um, let's decide to go with Bob Murphy, chupacabra and Bob Murphy on one team, and you've got a Thunderbird and Milton Friedman on the other team. Now, describe Milton? this fight. What? And Milton, Milton Friedman. Friedman? Yeah. Or David Friedman? Because uh, Milton, Mil Milton is his whack dad, his boring, like Milton Friedman's dad. Milton Friedman, the dad, was boring as shit. David Friedman, his son, is like a crazy ass ANCAP. Did you know this? No, I didn't. Who's David Friedman? Yeah, he, David Friedman is Milton Friedman's son. Okay, David Friedman did, is like. Did you know that that um. Mises stormed out of the room once after he called, I believe it was Milton Friedman. He yelled at Milton Friedman that he was a socialist and stormed out of the room. That's awesome. But, okay, now go into David Friedman a little bit and we'll end it on him. No, David Friedman is just, David Friedman is like an ANCAP who, uh, let me get up the name of his book. I think it's called The Machinery of Freedom. Uh, let me see. Yeah, just put that in the chat after you say the yeah, name, of course, so everybody else can get it. The Machinery of Freedom, I believe. And it's like a book all about dissecting state and society and how how it would work in a libertarian perspective. The guy's awesome. He's an awesome yeah, dude. Yeah. So it's it's the Chupacabra and Bob Murphy versus David Friedman and the Thunderbird? Yeah. It's it's, it's that's tough. That's really hard. Well, okay, what are their battle strategies? You don't have to okay, say who wins, well, just what the are the battles for? Chupacabra is going to go for David Friedman, because David Friedman is a very small guy. All right. And I imagine the Chupacabra is going to try and, like, suck his blood out or something. Okay. And then, like so it's Bob Murphy is going to have to fight a Thunderbird. <laughs> and, uh, it, let's, let, I'll put it this way. If Bob Murphy answers my emails, he beats the Thunderbird. Otherwise, I'm putting my money on the Thunderbird. <laughs> All right. And I will end this conversation with a message to everybody to go look up the thylazine, who, which I think I will start off my next podcast with a little bit about the thylazine, also known as the Tasmanian tiger, which people basically killed off because they decided it looked weird and decided it was doing things that it wasn't actually doing and the dingoes were doing because it looked weird. Uh, and so we made, so we hunted them to extinction, but there are ways that we can fix that and there are things we can do about it and there are things we can learn about it and we can learn about our own human nature from that and improve upon it. And then we can also just go off and do coke on planes, I guess, but I'm never going to do coke yes. on a plane. <laughs> certainly do. I am coke on a plane. I don't need to do coke on a plane. <laughs> 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 
Alright. Yeah. Shout out. Are you gonna do the coughing? <laughs> Alright, see ya. Now something really crazy must have possessed you to uh to listen to this part of your podcast. And I, I know now, whatever possessed you to listen to this podcast is going to make you go to New, like, New York or something. That's someplace in Texas, someplace. And Texas is all over. It's all over. It's all over. It's all over. Just like, just like the enemies of the road toad. They're all over. The state's all over. Well, it's all over. It's all over. Now that's a toad-shaped impact zone. You really need to stop listening. Just, just go away. Fine, just go, just, just go away. Uh, yes, these sounds you're hearing are Coronation Eve 1937 in London. Just, yeah, Coronation of, yeah, King George and Queen Elizabeth in Westminster Abbey on the 12th of May, 1937. You're wondering how you can hear that. Did you know that in this community, bird is not the only cryptid? Yep, that's right. Hoss is actually a werewolf. He is a man worshiper, which again is a subset of the CIA is uh, one of the werewolves who worships the dogman, which is why he is the dogman reflector. So, yeah, just so you know.